TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Search and browse more privately. Download the free DuckDuckGo app today. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of Ken and Curtis is brought to you by your New England Kabuta tractor dealers featuring MB Tractor and Elliott in Gorham, Maine and South Windsor, Connecticut. Let me put it this way, Curtis and I are taking a break from one another. Last week, I was out, Shine was in, not sure what happened, playtime is over, Laird Man is back, and in his stead today, we go from negativity to supreme positivity. My good friend, Nicholas Fitzy Stevens, the old Laird and Fitzy show is reconnected from 9 to 1 here this morning. We made Fitzy trek on out to Fenway Park here at the lovely and luscious Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio. And Fitzy, good morning to you. And good morning to you as well, Ken. Or should I say, oh, <laughs> just to satisfy the Curtis quotient of the day. Great to be back here at the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studio as well. It was nice to actually, as I trudged my way into the stu- into the studio, uh, got hosed down by the Fenway wash crew that was washing the, washing away the previous evening's the vomit uh, off the mirth wall. and merriment <laughs> as well. You know what was nice about it? For someone like me who's been coming to the park for forever, and appreciates a lot of the the newness, the social media friendly, savvy about the ballpark and Fenway Sports Group. It felt old school, like going to the bathroom in the '80s in the old troughs and peanut shells and humanity. There's no everywhere. troughs left here, are there? They've got no, rid of those. No, 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 oh, no that's oh. what I'm saying. But I bring me the memory. A lot of us, you know, from the good old days, opine for such depravity as well. Uh, it's great to be here. The weather continues to be uh, as unpredictable as the Boston sports scene, but I know we've got plenty to talk about for the next four hours. We do, and the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio is brought to you by your Ford dealers pickup and delivery sweepstakes. RedSox.com slash Ford Sweeps. RedSox.com slash Ford Sweeps. Stand for your chance to be picked up and delivered to the Ford Clubhouse and attend a Red Sox game. I don't think the Red Sox are the top story, though. To me, it is still Lillard. I don't know how you've uh, handled the Celtics news of the week, and we have your buddy John Corrales ticketed for noon today mm-hmm. <clears throat> for an update. Bruins update at 10.30 with our guy Scotty Mack as well because Sweeney, uh, Sweeney had a press conference yesterday. But the Lillard thing, I don't get. I don't get what's happening. I need somebody to explain it to me. Same. I don't understand why the Celtics are really interested in a guy who doesn't want to be here, same as DeAndre Hopkins. You're going to have two players that potentially are signed here that are going to refuse to show up for practice, which does not strike me as a good thing for either organization. Are the Celtics that desperate that they need Damian Lillard somehow, some way to be forced against his will to come here at gunpoint? Is the Celtics' interest in a talent, a top 10 NBA talent still like Damian Lillard, is it in acquiring somebody who's just still so damn good at basketball and would easily be the best shooter automatically on the team? Or would it be as much as acquiring talent and preventing a conference rival from getting him at the same time? Because I don't understand. I Straight up, I barely think there's going to be enough basketballs on the floor right now, as is, right. for your Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kristaps Porzingis lineup. Rob Williams, we're not worried about whatever his offensive output happens to be. Just play great two-way defense if and when healthy. If you add Damian Lillard to the mix, 
Forget about stunting Derek White or whatever the lineup may be. I just don't understand. Where will all the basketballs come from? Ken? I guess and I'm looking at the stats now. He took 11 threes per game last year on the average. Okay. I guess Marcus Smart did as well. Sure. Maybe he'd make double uh, the attempts that the, the Marcus did. Joe Missoula last year admitted to the idea that he sometimes forgot to put players like Derek White back into the game during crunch time. And we all know how good the numbers were when Derek White was on the floor in winning time or whatever they call those crucial late game minutes versus Marcus Smart. What's he going to do with Derek White and anybody else who deserves reasonable minutes and some shot volume if he's got Damian Lillard, who's going to who averages 32 points per game and needs his 25 shots a night? Well, White would be reasonable. gone, right? Wouldn't he be gone in that he, scenario? I guess he'd have to be gone in the trade, which means you're basically telling your team and your crowd, hey, Tatum, top five player, we don't trust you enough to carry this team. Hey, Jalen Brown, super max guy, top 10 player, according to last year's metrics, we don't trust you enough. Hey, Porzingis, we know we got you because we wanted to have the entire offense basically now run through you and have you elevate the Celtics to the next level. You're not good enough as well. I, I don't think they... It's crazy to think you would say, I don't think the Celtics need Damian Lillard, but I don't think the Celtics need Damian Lillard. Okay, so you and I agree. Now, the, the reporting on this is a little odd, too. You had Himmelsbach come out and say the Celtics do not intend to be in the mix. Is that correct? Kind right, of That was the latest I read yesterday. All right, but Mannix, who I respect as much as anybody, I don't know if you how you feel about Mannix, he wouldn't be uh, mm -hmm. throwing this out as chum of the water for entertainment. I like, I like all your Mannixes, your Himmelsbachs, your, <laughs> your Goodmans, your Corrales's, name them all. So he agrees that Lillard's preference is to go to Miami, um, but he, quote, doesn't believe some of his Miami or bust type stuff, end quote. I don't buy that. Uh, and you look at the potential package that Miami could send back for them, and and basically it's not much. It's Tyler Hero and like first round picks in twenty twenty eight and twenty thirty. So that's got, that's not enough to get maybe one of the best pure shooters in the league who has I would say two years of peak Lillard play still available. Yeah. So I mean, what is happening here? Is the agent doing his, obviously Lillard prefers Miami. So they're going to exhaust that opportunity and then reopen it to the rest of the field once once that falls and fails. Uh do the are the Celtics too worried about being embarrassed by reports of Lillard saying I don't want to come here and just putting it out there that hey, we're not interested. We're taking ourselves out of the mix. Or are they actually just washing their hands of the situation? Which if you and I agree that he shouldn't that they don't need him anyway, then it's kind of a moot point. But, it, you know, there has been enough chatter and talk about it. The sense I've gotten from Celtics fans, correct me if I'm wrong, is now that Marcus Smart left and now that Grant Williams left, they need help. They're not they're currently not championship caliber. Damian Lillard is not the guy to if you're if you're going to have a complete and they're already amidst a 180 in terms of the style of play under Udoka and now what Joe Mazzulla is doing. And obviously the acquisition of Porzingis plays right into the hands of what Joe Mazzulla does and wants to do with this team. Adding Lillard, great. So who wouldn't want to have somebody who can put up 35 like that a night and everyone right now is currently thinking, yeah, I remember that 45-footer he sank over Paul George to knock out the Thunder a couple of years ago. He's got stones, Ken, and he would easily be the guy you would want the ball in the hands of for the final shot of the game. But how is that going to work chemistry-wise? How is, like, Jalen yeah. Brown is going to now suddenly be the fourth option, but he's worth $59 million a season? And, and the minute anything goes wrong, he'll revert back to, this is why I didn't want to come here. The minute anybody in the crowd says anything negative to him, the minute any on-court activity goes wrong, he'll say, I never wanted to come here. Why the like, hell would anything go wrong, though? They should, be, they should be good for 120 a night before anyone else, just between the four of them. I guess. Well, okay, so maybe just keep, maybe keep it to the city, because that, it, it appears... You know, that uh, laughter from, uh, was it Chris Haynes who was on with Dan Patrick? Patrick was asking him whether yep. Lillard would accept the trade to Boston, and he started to, you know, to laugh. Because he did a podcast with him, and he heard and he knew via that podcast that he relayed on Dan Patrick's show right. that he knew Damian Lillard did not want to come to Boston. So it, which, it just sounds like it's we're back to the old guy doesn't want to play in Boston for Boston reasons. It is it he, Boston? he has not come out and said that. Is it Boston reasons, or is it sort of he sees the way this team is going to? Maybe... It's pro I, I don't think it's, quote, Boston reasons. I don't think he's thinking Adam Jones or Draymond Green. <laughs> I also don't think he's thinking like... Wait a minute, are Adam Jones? Or, oh, oh, you mean the other Adam <laughs> And he's, he's thinking like, oh, man, why the hell did they shut down the Sumner Tunnel right in the middle? Of this? The traffic's going to be awful there. That's I, true. That's I don't want to be there. He doesn't want to ditch the drive. I'll tell you, I don't think he wants to go somewhere else where he, could, on any given night, could be the first or the fourth option. Like, it would be him and Jimmy Butler, clearly, one and two, and then everyone else in Miami. 
And I'm sure also he would prefer the Miami weather, lifestyle, etc. to Boston. No disrespect. Uh, coming here, is it, hasn't it clearly been made known by team, league, networks, etc. This is Jason Tatum's team. You can confidently report that, that Dame would not want to go to Boston. Is that what you're saying? I mean, listen to that cackle. That has to be something beyond I'm going to be the the third or fourth guy. That that would not want to go to Boston. Is that what you're saying? That can't be I'm not going to get the ball enough laughter. That's got to be something larger than that, doesn't it? We're going back there again? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't, he was I, put off by the language in the finals last year. I'm trying to drag the conversation down on a, on a Saturday morning. I, I don't, just, I I don't mind don't, it. I, it's still in play. I don't, know how you can, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you can hear that as a Celtics fan and think I want this guy. And the Hopkins thing, I'm done with too. I mean, I'm again, a little exhausted by that now as well. God, it's like it, it's a weekly, please keep us in the conversation. We beg you to come here. Oh, you don't want to practice? Fine. You're going to be a diva the same way you've always been. Um, are we that desperate that, that, that this is what the Boston sports scene has come to? We're begging Hopkins and Lillard to change their opinion to the city and want to come here and actually want to play. I thought we had stars. I thought, I thought this was Boston. I thought we had teams, not a team, teams on the verge of championships. And now it's gotten to a point where just to get one of those four over the hump to clear that hurdle, we've got to beg another all-NBA player to accept a trade request. When normally you would think like he may see this as his Follow me here. The, the same way Kevin Durant did everything he could for, what was it, nine seasons in Oklahoma City and then said, you know what? Golden State seems like a good look for me. And even though they already had That's two a great point. established and entrenched stars, he went there, turned down Tom Brady. I'll never forget that son of a bitch for that. And he and turned Kelly down. Yep, and, and the clinic as well and everyone else who made their way to the Hamptons to try to beg him to come to Boston. He goes to Golden State. And even though Durant could have been the third option any given night, Oddly enough, that flow, and they had a Draymond Green, if you will, so you had three stars already. That worked. That team was untouchably good. Why wouldn't Lillard look at that and say, this is my chance. I gave my time. I put in my service to Portland. I bled for you. I shot for you. I did the best I could. Now I'm going to go get my championship. Why couldn't he get it? How can he not see that this team would be damn near unstoppable? Pitsy, that is a good point. But at the same time, the more I hear you talk about that, that's even pathetic. That we're, we're wishing for Kevin Durant's best moments. We're, we're, wishing, we're wishing Damian Lillard had a little Kevin Durant in him when he ditched Oklahoma State to want to go and play for Golden State. I'm a little but, sad. Now. But you're right. I mean, honestly, this is the NBA betting favorite mm-hmm. to win a title. And the guy doesn't want to come. He wants desperately, so desperately to go to Miami. Uh, I mean, some of these quotes from his agent are bizarro land. His agent is Aaron Goodwin. He told the Miami Herald, I do what I should for my clients. Some teams I did call. Others have called me. It's a respectful relationship with most teams. Truthfully, he wants to play in Miami, period. And then um, there's a report that he's, you know, he's not going to go. If, he, if, if, somebody, if somebody else takes him, he won't show. He won't practice. He's he, not, quote, just wouldn't go. Boston. Right. Uh, he wouldn't report. He wouldn't even report. I don't know. I mean, wouldn't I, even report. I I, su- <laughs> I suppose that that you know that changes at some stage. He would have to show up and and schlep in, and you would you know you could uh, hope the city grows on him. But geez, I mean, at this point now, I'm starting to get these these feelings for the Patriots and for the Celtics. And the Celtics, again, like you just pointed out, they're the betting favorite now. As of right now, they are the prohibitive betting favorite once again to go to and win the NBA championship next season. And they're looking to add another all-NBA player, and he would say no to them. And DeAndre Hopkins tells Bill Belichick he loves him, knows he would be a star, he would be a prominent featured player, he would be easily the most popular player on the Patriots if he comes here. Now, all all of a sudden, all these teams are starting to feel like people that are asking out prom dates, and the prom dates are like, listen, let me see if there's somebody hotter that I could go with. I'll get back to you in a couple weeks. You say yes, you say no, you move on. You can join the Laird and Fitzy Throwback Show, 617-779-7937. The way to reach us on the phone line, text at 37937. Do you want Dame? I even feel weird calling him Dame. We're not on a first-name basis yet. Do you, feel, do you want Damian Lillard? Do you want DeAndre Hopkins? This continues to drag on the Hopkins front. I'll ask you more about that, Fitzy. I know you and Andy and, um, and our guy Cadillac have been all over that this week in continued podcasts. Uh, we're still a few weeks away from him making that decision, right? So nothing is imminent on that front. But it, but it, it feels like the Celtics are closer, and therefore the top story today because Summer League has started. They're supposed to be talking to Jalen Brown about the Supermax, and they've got to figure out what they're doing in terms of adding another piece if they need one. 
So it's it's uh, it's time for the Celtics to make a decision on this. John Corrales will uh, give us some insight at noon on that. Right now, it's time for trending as we kick off the program here from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio. Here's Brian Rizzoco. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The Boston Red Sox won game one last night over the Oakland Athletics in game one of their uh, three-game series this weekend at Fenway Park behind an eight-strikeout performance from Nick Pavetta. Game two of this series will be this afternoon at 4:10. You want to catch that game? Tune in right here, WEI, the Red Sox Radio Network. Sean McDonough and Joe Castiglione, they'll be on the call starting at 4:10 on the Shaw's and Star Market, WEI, Red Sox Radio Network. Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh. Paul Blackburn, he'll be on the hill for the for Oakland against James Paxson for the Sox. Joe Wow will get you started with the Mass Mutual pregame show right here at 310. Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. The New England Revolution will play host to the New York Red Bulls at Gillette Stadium tonight at 7.30. The Revs currently sit third in the Eastern Conference with New York sitting at 12th. I'm Brian Frizzoco, and that's what's trending on WEEI. WEEI. Love WEEI. 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 New England's Sports Original. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Get Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. It is the Ken and Curtis program from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio. No Curtis. It is young, one-year-old James' birthday today. So, Curtis, Fitzy, f- filling in admirably here, and we'll be uh, here until 1 o'clock. Curtis having the birthday today. Oh, and, so is he... An lavish one, I might add. Uh, really? Is he having a home birthday? Is he, <laughs> is he at a bounce house? Will there be, like most birthdays now, you know, I have a, you have a young daughter. Uh, how old's mine now? Eight? She's six. Six. Okay, sorry. So, uh, mine are 10 and six. So I, I'm squarely in the inflatable, uh, you know, Chuck E. Cheese, Papa Gino's pizza, goldfish crumbs everywhere. Oh, that lasts until then, 10. Oh, that's good to know. No, that goes till about eight. Eight, gotcha. And then you start getting into more experiential birthdays, smaller parties, you know, they uh, things change a little bit. But uh, I wonder if Curtis is, you know, what, what's a one-year-old birthday party need to be? Everyone comes by, says how cute they are, drops off a gift. You know, you you have mimosas, bellinis, Bloody Marys, whatever, and, you know. They have a throne for him at Woodland up on the hill because he's already <laughs> a country club member. So I think, yeah, he'll be teeing off here shortly, uh, young James. We wish him well. Curtis, well-earned uh, day off today. was filling in for Courtney, basically, as the uh, in-studio three-man weave on the Greg Hill Show, which, by the way, I got a text this morning from the Greg Hill Show uh, group chat. Oh. Greg texts me, it appears my worst nightmare has come true, and he links to a Daily Mail story, always reliable, Tom Brady got cozy with Emily Ratajkowski at Michael Rubin's party. Wow. So I, what happened to the Kim Kardashian stuff? That is gone. It is now like uh, he got cozy with five different chicks at this thing. Bradykowski is, uh, is on. I'm <laughs> very terrible. Wow. Uh, that's at the 4th of July bash. Insiders claim they were, quote, together most of the night, end quote. Wow. wow. So who wouldn't? 
I, I yeah, yeah, of course. But like, do we have to every day keep up with the latest Brady? I'm single rumors. It's just talk about frustrating. Look at what we did for a year here at this station. Brady watch lingered on all throughout the entire 2019 season right. up until and that was said the worst St. Patrick's Day of all time. This is it. We're, we're like pining for Damian Lillard, DeAndre Hopkins, and we're watching Brady trying to sleep with uh, A-list celebrities. I, I mean, it's, it's the summer of 23. Ken, if you were Tom Brady and you were now out on the market, open and available. You want to go that back money to drama? Why would you go for drama? You just came from drama. Wouldn't you go non-drama? Just So what? Just so he's a just, stable he's just wife. making time with... Uh, maybe, maybe he knows that Greg loved Emily Ratajkowski and was yes. like, you know what? I'm going to pull one on my old pal, the Hill Dog. <laughs> he's trying to make I him jealous. It. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think he is. All right, now, you spent a week, uh, I'm sure, on the Six Rings podcast and on Breaking Boston and on your many fine outlets, and uh, probably could add another one or two. I mean, do, are you doing enough for the station? No, no, no. And then, of course, on Big 103. Can we exact a little more blood? Now, you tell me this week, because you, you're, you do Pat, Pat stuff daily. Is the Hopkins stuff reached the point of oversaturation? Are people still interested? Interested, yes. Starting to get into Hopkins fatigue, Hopkins teetering on Hopkins aggravation. Yep. Yes. You, I can tell, have moved over from Hopkins adulation or whatever it is to Dalvin Cook. That is the new guy. That is the new guy on the wish list. My new crush. I can feel it from you, which is tough to sell to a fan base that can tell the running backs are irrelevant in modern day NFL for the most part. I hate that. I hate that narrative completely. The, the, okay, the who's, irrelevance. Who's of the, the best running back in the NFL right now? Right now? Yeah. Look at okay, Christian McCaffrey. I Christian McCaffrey. Okay, what does he me, want? Uh, nothing. But was it his fault last year that he had to play quarterback in the NFC Championship? I see this one for fantasy rankings. Bijan Robinson from Atlanta is second on the list. Yeah. I mean, they're expecting. Nobody's it. heard of that guy. Uh, what are you talking about? No one's heard of him. <laughs> I mean, relatively He speaking. went to a team last year. Arthur Smith was somehow. See, it's because of Arthur Smith and people's belief in the former Titans offensive coordinator slash son of the dude behind FedEx. Uh, you, you remember the, the way that Anderson and Shime used to just live and die at the altar of Arthur Smith mm -hmm. during the Tanisance, if you will? Yes. Last year, I think he was able to squeeze out 2,200 rushing yards from a bunch of absolute stiffs, rookies, jobbers, and nobodies. Now... You spend another year in that system and you introduce the guy that most people are calling the next Saquon Barkley. He's going to absolutely explode. We're going to we're, we're talking. Okay. And, if, do you, and do you think Atlanta will win at games? I don't think they well, will not. They will the be NFC South is wide open. OK, great. Uh, this uh, PFF list has Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry wanted to Cleveland Browns, Tennessee Titans. I still those don't. teams stink. They do. Josh Jacobs four. Mm. Jonathan Taylor, five. Saquon Barkley, six. These guys have not won anything. It's just, it's hard to make a case for we need a running back. You don't need a running back. You already have a running back. You've got a running back that is great between the tackles, and you have a running back that is great in space with soft hands. And when he's not so exhausted that he makes unthinkable decisions like, let me lateral it to Jacoby Myers with five seconds left, or hey, let me lose my grip on the ball as we're about to punch it in against Cincinnati on Christmas Eve. Last year, Ramondre Stevenson showed that you can run an NFL offense through him and he can do just about anything on the field, Ken. Problem was, there was no compliment to him because Damian Harris was on the shelf half the season and Belichick doesn't really trust rookie running backs. And Ty Montgomery, who's kind of like your flex receiver offensive weapon running back, also went out after the first game, scored the lone touchdown against the Dolphins week one. You add all those guys back into the Quick mix. aside, by the way, I will, make the, I will say... We spent a lot of time, Curtis and I, after the Damian Harris fumble, which was two years ago now, right? Two years ago or three years ago? Which Damian Harris fumble? Oh, the open. In the open. 2021, yeah. He had, that they, was crushing. That killed their entire many season. That they killed their entire season. All right, yes. so there's a case for running back. Get one that doesn't fumble at the one yard <laughs> when you're trailing by a point or whatever. Oh, God. Uh, but anyway, yes, so you're, so you're saying they need a complimentary guy. So you take, you don't, have we don't know what you're going to get from Kevin Harris, who looks like a Damian Harris clone. We don't know exactly to what degree they're willing to integrate Pierre Strong Jr., who we know has home run speed, is fleet of foot, how much and how they're going to incorporate him into the offense. Okay, if you add Dalvin Cook, who's looking for just one square and fair payday, obviously he's trying to like as many tweets <laughs> from the Jets to the Dolphins to the Patriots. Is he on threads? These are the thing. I probably I can't believe that's actually a thing that was well. <laughs> 
Too much. I I know you're on there. You have no, not yet. You weren't. No. Wow, good for you. Not yet. Wow, that took some restraint. I bet. I, I don't need to double tweet. <laughs> As it is, I'm sick and tired of having to tweet and then make sure that tweet is also on Facebook for more integration and engagement. Oh, and maybe if this one's good enough, if it can go viral, I should screen cap it and then put it on IG. But some people say that's lame and you should create unique video content and not just screen cap tweets. Oh, wow. All this, too much. See, this hits home. This hits a nerve because you are known for better or worse as an excellent social media guy. So so one new comes out. Yep. There had to be a great pull at the heartstrings oh. to get over there. I, I, if I see one more, find me here. And it's just that God, person. Cadillac had it going on the hour. Do you have any? We could do an entire four hours on how sad Mike Cadlick is <laughs> that his town square that he's grown just up end in it there, just Twitter is. <laughs> uh, no, we like Cadlick. I, I can do the threads. He's doing an awesome job. Uh, anyway, the addition of if you right now, if between DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook, straight up, just like blank to head, which one are you going to pick? I would prefer Dalvin Cook. Wow, because yes, I understand DeAndre Hopkins immediately becomes your top receiver, the one A on the team big star, et cetera. Who do I think could actually open up the offense more? I think it would be Dalvin Cook. You take less miles, you put fewer miles, rather, on the tires of Ramondre Stevenson. You don't gas him so that he fumbles at the end of games like Damian Harris, like he did last year at Cincinnati. Dalvin Cook, absolute home run hitter still, great between the tackles. They're about the same size. Six seasons in the NFL. Uh, he's scored 50 touchdowns, 47 touchdowns on the ground during that time. Uh, almost, you know, 8,000 rushing, uh, over 8,000 rushing yards. The guy is an absolute monster. Some will say, okay, his best years are behind him. Why are you looking to add a running back Minnesota was willing to move on from for free to your offense? It's because I trust the creative playmaking and design of Bill O'Brien to find ways to scheme things up with Stevenson and Cook as your 1-1A and one in the backfield. Just think about what, off what defensive coordinators will have to think of, Ken. If you've got a Hunter Henry, a Kendrick Bourne, you've got Ty Montgomery, Dalvin Cook, and Ramondre Stevenson on the field. What is he going to do? Where is that ball going? Where, like you, you will con you will be able to scheme up ways. Well, but you know what the skeptic says to that? What we had five number twos as weapons last year. You're adding another number two. We also had someone last year who reverse-engineered an offense and had never called plays before, well, uh, designing the okay, offense, which that, caused yes. everything from spacing issues to confidence problems to strife. Your quarterback is MFing the OC and the HC on the field during the Amazon Prime football. Like, it was a mess. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. That's, you know, any, any Patriots conversation has to start with a disclaimer of they had bad Patricia last year. Yes. And that doesn't mean it's going to work with Bill O'Brien if you don't have an elite playmaker on offense i mean i'm not going so far to say that and i'm not even a big hopkins fan i just am amazed to hear you say that as a diehard pats fan you'd rather have dalvin cook than deandre hopkins at this point knowing that dalvin cook is int he's interested in the patriots in so much as he wants one of three teams that's interested in him in the afc east to pay him you can keep him out of the hands of the jets keep him away from the dolphins which forces them now, again that's just sad keep Why? him out of the hands of the jets we're back. We're back Ken, to this. Ken, we're, we're now. We're are, now back. Are to, you? Are don't you? Don't let the Jets get. Are it. you a card carrying member of? Yeah, but they're still the Jets. Yes. Nation? Yes. How? They are. How could you be? I watched them play last year. Hey, Ken, I watched the franchise my Ken, entire forty five years. They had Chris Curtis, James <laughs> oh. Curtis, Greg Hill, and Wiggy at quarterback. They had the forty third, forty fifth, and forty seventh quarterback out of forty seven quarterbacks last year. The worst quarterback play They've in the had NFL. They've 15 in a, different quarterbacks in the last 15 years. Yeah. They all stink. It doesn't matter. What about this one? And you Aaron Rodgers. washed? I think he's distracted by the drama of New York, as you often are, as you often are a city guy. And I was there last weekend. It's great. New York is still great. I got sucked in. I wanted to see a Broadway show by the time he left there. He's down there, and he's, he can't help himself. He's just taking pictures with this person, that person. I guess he's been fairly quiet the last few weeks. Well, he's also been... yeah. Oh. Who are you taking they pictures stink. with? The Jets still stink. If you're in Green Bay and Appleton, who the <laughs> hell are you taking pictures with? Well, okay, he's fine. That's hey, here's, the point. Here's Bob Wisnowski. <laughs> yeah, let me get. Hey, Aaron, let's get an ussy. I don't know. I, I, you're gonna have to prove me on that one. I will not be sucked into that. Oh. Anyway, go ahead. So Dalvin Cook, you keep him away from the Jets. God forbid the Jets get another star player. That okay. I mean, Brees Hall coming back. No, no, not Brees Hill. Since I know that name gets thrown around more in the yeah. station than yeah. Brees Hall. You keep Brees, Brees Hall coming back from the ACL. Could start 
But if you add Dalvin Cook to that offense with the rookie of the year last year in Garrett Wilson, the Green Bay wide receiving buddy core that A.A. Ron has brought in, and Mecole Hardman, that's a really, really potentially dynamite offense. Dalvin Cook prevents Ramondre Stevenson from having to do too much on the offense. You now have two home run hitters, great between the tackles, soft hands, great with the ball in their hands. And here's another thing that really started to turn me on this uh, over the course of the week that opened my eyes. So I saw when I was on with Mike Cadlick, uh, we were on together the 3rd and the 4th of July. 4th of July was a little more hot dog centric. It was a little glizzy rific. But the 3rd, we did some real football talk. And I saw this stat from uh, at Sharp Football, Warren Sharp, who I think does an excellent. Of all of the people who are into the next gen PFF outsiders, blah, 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 the stuff that Andy Hart hates, but that the younger generation has thoroughly embraced. <laughs> of all the stats that have opened my eyes, and I think Warren Sharp does a great job. It was this. He did a breakdown of air yards traveled for Patrick Mahomes touchdown passes over the last four seasons. Okay. Uh, and they went from 2019, they travel at uh, the average touchdown pass from Mahomes traveled 17 and a half yards. 2020 average touchdown pass traveled 13 yards. These are the prime days of Tyreek Hill, a downfield, very aggressive attack for them. 2019, Super Bowl 2020. Obviously, they get throttled by Brady because they have no tackles in the Super Bowl. Yep. 2021, now it goes down to eight and a half yards per touchdown pass. And in 2022, if I asked you what was the best offense in football last year, you might say Eagles or the Chiefs probably, right? And they met up in the Super Bowl. Mm. Patrick Mahomes threw 41 touchdown passes last season. The average air yards traveled per touchdown pass four and a half yards per touchdown pass. So that's 185 air yards total for 41 touchdown passes. The longest was 19 yards. Okay. So that could be a reflection of them in the red zone or just they're so prolific. They get down there in big chunks and then need to score from four yards out. Do you but remember a lot of the big chunk plays last year on Kansas city? I guess I don't. I, I, you bring that up and I think of Juju in the crossing route and yep. He's Short, a yeah, that's a yak attack guy. He's now a Pats guy. Mm -hmm. Go on. Um, of course, Brady. What would Brady's air yards average have been? Much you know, longer over the years. Much longer. Really? Uh, over the now, and, and it's very funny because people have long criticized the Patriots, especially the early Tom Brady days, as dink and dunk. Uh, well, that was the Pittsburgh narrative. Well, working there the, for decades. Systems, I, systems. I worked with a buddy John Staggerwald there for years, and he might have said every day, Tom Brady is not the best quarterback of all time. He is the greatest dink and dunk quarterback of all time. So the greatest quarterback in your your NFL MVP, your Super Bowl champion, the guy that everyone wants that everyone wants to be like, who everyone is afraid is going to take over as the greatest quarterback of all time and is a prohibitive favorite heading into this season, dinked and dunked his way to an NFL championship last year. But is that accurate? I mean, you're saying it's not really true, though. It's oh, 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 true. Mahomes. Yes. So Mahomes last year, but you're saying that wasn't really the reality with Brady. It was early on, but it didn't matter because it worked. You so work that, with the so talent is, you have. Is that the method of success for this year's team? Then? Yes. For the New England. Wow. How, You're actually convincing me on this. Which part of the New England Patriots offense this year? I mean, Tyquan Thornton, the guy gets out of bed and he hurts a skinny wrist or has another, quote, soft tissue injury. Yeah. He's a little too fragile for my liking. Now, if you can keep him healthy enough, maybe he will stretch the field a bit. It's not to say that the Chiefs never attempted to throw the ball downfield last year, but... Again, this is the genius of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy working together, and most especially Andy Reid. You're working with Kadarius Toney at the tail end of the season, and he definitely changed things up, but that was mostly on special teams and flaring the ball out to him. Sky Moore, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey, and then your running backs were Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Isaiah, the legend of Isaiah Pacheco. All right, so first thing is you don't have a Kelsey. So that's a problem. Okay, you don't have a Kelsey, but he's not a he's not a long threat option. He's a get he's a quick flare slant, but he's a take your attention to the middle of the field guy, sure, which opens everything else up. Mm -hmm. So, I guess you could try to be a poor man's Chiefs, you know, if that's what you want to go for. How would that? How, I think that's exactly the way Bill O'Brien should look to and construct this offense. Bring and by the way, can we make the, the obvious uh, statement here that Mac Jones is not buying time the way Mahomes does to create no. lanes everywhere? So this has to be. Running to precision. Your, however, the Fitzy plan. However, this Fitzy dink, plan, Dink and Dunk twenty three plan. This Fitzy plan, the KC Mac Jones, two thousand twenty three NEP Dink and Dunk plan, will 
probably have to come to fruition. Why? Because right now the tackle situation is an absolute disaster. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, Mac so Jones is going to get either, it out quick. Either get it out quick or run for his life. And what better way to do that than with a fleet of strong pass catchers, running backs that are good with the ball, quick outs, screens, flares, slants. That's what's going to work. You're not going to have time to and let Dalvin Cook. Look. Yes. Is he a good pass catcher? Yes. Like excellent. Very good. So Stevenson and Cook timeshare. Mm-hmm. With Ty Montgomery as your third down backslash slot receiver. Okay, well, why hasn't it happened then? I mean, you actually, you've, you've, you've quite convinced me. I, I mean, I'm out on Hopkins, so fine. I'm in on Cook. As mm-hmm. a t- now, for $10 million? Now, no, no, see, no. See, no. this is where Curtis would say they're 27th in cash spending. It doesn't matter, but that's, a lot of, that's what he wants. Now, Curtis accidentally left his Twitter open <laughs> on this computer. Should no. I tweet that out? <laughs> yes, you should. You just... Hold on one second. I apologize for anything nasty I ever said about Fitzy on the Greg Hill Show. Tweet. Uh, please uh, tweet that. So I did not. I closed it. So... Uh, if you're going to spend the money on one or the other, I, I don't obviously Cook is trying to make the market come to him. But like Mike Cadlick and others say, the NFL doesn't value running backs. So the market is not opening for him the way he thought it would. Hell, Minnesota couldn't even get anything for a guy that some would say has been a top five running back the last five seasons. And they just rolled Madison, the Cook clone in and they won't miss a beat. But he would be incredibly valuable on all three of those AFC East teams that want to get a piece of that action. I just think that that's a sneaky key for the Patriots diversifying the offense and doing things differently and effectively this season. All right, so do, a couple things there then. Do you agree with Fitzy that you'd rather have Dalvin Cook than DeAndre Hopkins, first of all, at 617-779-7937? And secondarily, do you agree with the overall vision of the Chiefs 22 is now Patriots 2023 dink and dunk plan? Get Cook in, spread the ball out, get it out quick, Makes some sense, I guess. If you get Hopkins, that doesn't really help that, right? I mean, because that's kind of what you're saying. Hopkins is still a quasi-deeper threat, needs to get open. No, he's not. Jump, he's not jump a deep ball threat. guy? No, he's a, he's, a, he's a possession receiver. He's just a great, he's not even, doesn't even like, from what I've read and obviously what we've seen, has insanely good hands, just finds ways to get open. He's not known for his speed. He's not a downfield threat. He just finds ways to get open. So, so even he could fit in there. Of that, course does, he it could. doesn't mean you couldn't sign both. They could no. still I'd go for Look it. at him as your Travis Kelsey if you wanted to in that in that particular case. He obviously doesn't have the size and he doesn't have Kelsey's classic shake and bake move. How every defender in the NFL still continues to fall for it. He just looks both ways, pumps his fists a couple times, and then turns his big body around. And next thing you know, Mahomes has found a way to sidearm it to him for five yards. Kelsey runs another ten. Touchdown Chiefs. Now all this is within the uh, backdrop of what appears to be some internal financial banter between the GM and the owner. Uh, want you, <clears throat> I want your reaction to the Tom Curran clip from Jones and Mego on Thursday. And you tell me if you believe this. So I'll, 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 we'll play that for folks if we missed it coming up. But I, I do think there seems to be some pressure here back on Kraft, who's over with Brady at the Michael Rubin party on the 4th. Doesn't seem to be that concerned, to be honest. Maybe he was chumming it up with Emily Ratajkowski as well. Can you imagine what that part was like? <laughs> I know. Just How have you not do they send, invite at this point? Do they send you? Do they send you the white clothes? Do they tell you like? Do they rec- recommend places for you to shop to get those all white outfits as well? So, if Belichick appeared to throw Kraft under the bus a couple years ago, a year and a half ago, whatever it was. I denied it at the time, but it actually does appear, based on Curran's reporting, to have been taken that way by the owner. So that may lead to incentive to sign guys like Cook and maybe Cook and Hopkins just to set the record straight or to bury that narrative. Can I tell you who internally has trotted out, uh, foisted a little bit of a working theory, if you will, maybe it's still in hypothesis form, here at our particular station whose plan I buy into? Good. Gresh. Okay. So Gresh. Wait a uh, minute, hold that. Tell me the Gresh plan and we'll play the clip for you coming up. It's Laird and Fitzy in for Ken and Curtis today. I guess that sounds weird. I'm in. Curtis is out. Fitzy's in for Curtis. It's the Caddy Curtis Show from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI, New England's sports original. We're back. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime.
You're going to love that in radio. Wait, did we forget to pay the Wi-Fi? Wi did we forget to pay the internet bill over here? Oh, God. I think we're on at the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio. Ken and Fitzy in for Ken and Curtis. Hello, everybody. Um, let's take a phone call before we get to that craft audio, if you don't mind. Bill in Newton appears to have an issue with you. Hello, Bill. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, Mo you Good Fitzy, morning, I Bill. Love I, I love you. I just want to come at you a little bit. Please. Uh, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs dink and dunk offense last year um, – Patrick Mahomes ended up throwing for 5,300 yards, 308 yards per game, and 12 yards per catch per reception. Mm -hmm. I think the four-yard touchdown thing is a result of what uh, Ken actually said is this guy goes down the field, and he can do it with absolutely anybody. Forget about the fact that he has maybe arguably the greatest tight end ever. Uh the, I think the Tyreek Hill is this deep threat that got taken away last year, and he just proved it doesn't matter. You know, you can have a guy that good is going to pretty much do it with anyone, like Brady did, but to really expect Mac Jones to be anywhere near that kind of production with inferior talent, you know, because they don't have a Kelsey, and like you said, mm -hmm. Thornton's hurt, Parker, I think they do need a Hopkins. I just don't see how it's possible. I don't, I don't know if Mac Jones has it in him because he's not even close to as mobile as Mahomes keeping plays alive. And the second point I wanted to make was, when did Bill O'Brien become the greatest offensive mind of all time? You know what he is? And I'm not saying you guys are saying this. No, no. I'm not well, saying you guys you, are saying this. I just he feel like Patricia. Yeah, no, exactly. You're right. You're right. Well, right. Bill, no, that's, that's Bill. I mean. That's the exact like, point. Hang tight for one sec, but that's the yeah. exact point. You, ju you just said, like you and Ken just came upon it, the whole entire idea is that he's not Matt Patricia. So is Bill O'Brien the greatest offensive mind of all time? No. You can go ahead and read every Alabama blog there is under the sun that says, oh, thank God we got rid of this guy. But he's been incredibly effective wherever he's gone. Yes, I know he was cooking with world-class goods from 2009 through 2011 when he was with the Patriots. We don't care yep. about the Penn State years. But the offense in Houston, and yes, he did have talent like uh, DeAndre Hopkins down there, but the QBs he was working with weren't exactly Tom Brady. Hell, they weren't even Mac Jones. They were able to consistently no, go bad. to the playoffs. They had like yeah, the they Brian weren't great. Boyer. Right. Uh, Matt, but he did Matt, have Matt Schaub in the pick while, six program. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he's okay. I just don't feel like he's going to be, you know, the Vince Lombardi, the turnaround that everybody seems to think. Andy uh, Reid. I mean, that, if, if you stick with, stick with the Chiefs comparison, you need Bill O'Brien to be every bit the play caller Andy Reid is. Correct. You need oh, Mac yeah. Jones to be some semblance of Mahomes. I don't need him to right. be Mahomes. And even though, no, you don't. Andy Reid is great, but he's got Mahomes. <laughs> and I, I just I think Andy right. Reid's very good. But, I mean, Andy Reid is it, like Belichick. I mean, what happened when Brady left? He's been very, very, very average, just like he was in Cleveland. I, I don't think he's not a great coach because of that. I just think if you don't – I mean, when you have an all-time player, it's always going to look better. So, anyways, listen, I don't know if they can, they can be as effective – with the dink and dunk as Mahomes was last year. That was my only point. I appreciate the call, Bill. I like the pushback on that because I do think you do have to make pause and say, hey, look, we're not the Chiefs. This is not Mahomes. But there's a happy medium of you're not expecting Mac Jones for 5,300 yards and 12 touchdowns or whatever it is. No, he's not. Gonna, so Mahomes 12, 12 last year. yards per carry. Mahomes last 12 year. yards per pass. 67% yard, completion percentage, 5,250 yards, only eight yards per attempt. So, not, so when he says like you know they're they're going for twelve yards a catch like there was a lot there was a lot of yak action going on last year with the Chiefs because they didn't have guys to stretch the field they didn't have guys getting open 15, 25, 40 yards down the field and then the forty one touchdowns twelve picks uh yes I I get it and in no way shape when I say, when I say this Ken it's not that I'm saying hey Mac Jones all you need to do is be a reasonable facsimile of the best quarterback in football a physically gifted talent like which we've never seen in the NFL. What I'm asking them to do is look to the way Kansas City went about going down the field last year, the creative nature in which Bienemy and Reed called their plays, spacing out multiple running backs, a tight end, wide receivers on the field. That worked. And I, yes, I know and, it always works. And Cook is a better fit for that than Hopkins. I, I think so at this point now. Like, First, we're sleeping on how good Kendrick Bourne could be once again because he was a talent on the rise when the Patriots got him on that three-year, $15 million deal, and he had a great 2021, was the only player not named Mac Jones who actually showed up for the ass-whooping in Buffalo. And then last year, uh, you know, he just goes, hey, 
this doesn't look like an offense. And Patricia and Belichick are like, hey, this looks like the bench. Go sit there for the majority of the year. <laughs> well, that doesn't such a boneheaded with, move. Well, that's not doesn't still still move with confidence that he and Bill aren't on the same page. That maybe it's but, a clean yeah, slate there. Hope, let's hope it's a clean it's slate. clean slate season. It's clean slate season. We know how well they got along. You've got you've got reasonable receiver talent. You've got backs that we don't know exactly what they're going to do with, and you know Ramondre can be a monster at any time. The interior of the line is the strength. That's where you need this offense to run through. Give Mac just just enough time. Trust your playmakers. Make it happen quick. Dink and dunk it. You saw what happened last year when Mac started, you know, trying to get risky and throwing the 50-50 balls to Devontae Parker downfield. Guess what happened? Yeah, he'd get some big chunk plays. Yeah, you also got the picks. And then Lombardi's like, well, this guy might actually lose his job. Not a great slogan, though, for the fans. Dink and dunk. It's just it just doesn't it doesn't it's not a ticket seller. There's already it's a ready made brand tie in with I'm a just, local coffee shop. What's the Gresh plan that you teased? Okay. That, that you endorse. The Gresh plan overall, uh, I caught wind of this a little over a week ago. Hart was filling in for Fourier and then he trotted it back out this week so Foyer could wrap his head around it. Bill is on a two year plan. The re, this this whole entire idea of like slowly, continually rebuilding the offense, turning the roster over, that right now Bill, after this particular draft with the talent that they've gotten, if he goes all in on guys like Hopkins and Cook, this is a this is two big signal flares up that he's acquiring as much talent as he can for this year and next year. Try to make it back to the playoffs, secure his employment for next year, because I, like Curran and others, don't believe that if Bill goes six and eleven this year, that he's going to get a guaranteed pass at coming right back oh, next year on. as well. I, they are not going to fire the guy after one sub par season one well, one sub one, par season one losing season you are a five they have not bottomed out yet you are a, no they've been they have been a losing team two of the last three seasons okay so these are just facts this is coming from the biggest Kraft, Pats Kraft, fan you know Kraft can he can make comments all he wants I will I do not believe he would ever fire Bill Belichick this mm -hmm. close to the Shula record he will not happen I know most people don't care about it what does the fans Shula record mean to fans really Kraft is not going to do it. He chose Bill over Brady, like, a couple years ago. That was a pretty big decision. Okay. You made your choice. Now you're stuck with it. Okay, lazy you, sports radio, time machine. Robert Kraft, you want to do it all over again? <laughs> I don't know what he would say about that. Probably not. Maybe he made a mistake. But whatever the case, he thought this would give him long-term success. He thought Brady had probably one year left, right? And they decided, I'm going with Bill. So you went with Bill, mm -hmm. and now that you're, what, going to be 10 wins away, you would fire the guy after He's a not 10 season? wins away. I'm saying after this year, whatever you get, whatever you get to, well, yay, You're, six and eleven this year. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, what fun! It's not going to happen. They are they not could, firing Bill. He's not going anywhere. They could be. You're eight, stuck nine, with him. Nine and eight. They could be definitely more. The you know on six rings, we yeah. like to say the big C words. We say that the team is going to be competitive and they're going to be competent because they're not going to have everyone doubting the play calling. Okay, well we agree. So then they're definitely not going to fire Bill. So it's not a two year. But plan. I can't. He's here that. for three, four, five more years. And it doesn't matter because Bill O'Brien and Gerard Mayo are the coaches, the actual coaches in waiting and probably really the coaches anyway. He's just a figurehead. He's a, he's a coach emeritus. You can work with that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's fine. So he just wants to get the record. So don't do point. anything dumb and just blow money for a one-year plan or a two-year plan. That's terrible. I, I disagree with Gresh totally. I can't believe he said that. Wait, so you don't, think it's a, you don't think it makes a lot of sense for Bill, who is now in his 70s, who said he never wanted to coach that long and is here now and wants to probably, if we're being honest, Super Bowl 53 was really good for him, not just because he got another Super Bowl following absolutely crapping the bed in Super Bowl 52 and, and underestimating the offensive firepower of the Eagles. Still one of the... We're not going down the Malcolm Butler hole. <laughs> no, I promise. Did. You just did? No, no, no. no. There were a lot, of bad, a lot of bad choices made in that game. That was one of them, but that's, there were a lot of bad choices. 53 was great for Bill, though, because they took an offense that was the... 10th or 11th greatest of all time, and they made it score three points. Oh, he Put totally... all the luster back on the Bill Belichick. You know, he's the only defensive coordinator with a game plan in the Hall of Fame against the Bill. Well, right, except Curtis will never admit that happened. He just, like, he leaps over that season in Why? that Super Bowl and will not give Bill a shred of credit. And if you bring for... up that season, it's, well, Brady got them there. It wasn't Brady got them okay, there. It well, was Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick working in concert perfectly with an offensive line that missed no starters the whole way. Correct. And found a way then when you needed to trust your elite global playmakers like Edelman, Gronk, and Brady in Kansas City. And by the way. And he emasculated Sean McVay for history. Like that, he may never recover. From and let's be honest. Yes, he did. Recover. And let's but be honest. But still. He did. 
But let's be honest. Part of part of the way they were able to beat Mahomes in that epic all time, maybe the greatest AFC championship of all time, was the performance the defense put on in the first half as well. Well, well Curtis doesn't recognize it. Hightower and Van Noy were unstoppable in that first half. Hell, that may not have even been a ball game had Brady not thrown that friggin' end zone pick on the one-yard line. Well, you're making my point. This is Bill's greatness within the last five years. I know it's been five years, but they're not firing the guy next year. It is not a two-year plan. Bill is here for five years. You better come to grasp that. I am right now on Fan Kings. <laughs> Maybe I'll switch over to Draft Duel. No, I'm on Fan Duel right now, and I'm betting the under on that. Okay, 617-779-7937. We didn't get to the craft audio from Tom Curran. We'll do that next. And there was a pretty good poll on the Great Hill Show account this week about Belichick. Want to get that in the mix? And yes, the Red Sox win here last night against the Mighty A's. At some point, we will discuss whether you should buy in to the resurging Red Sox. Buy. Uh, or is it fool's gold? Uh, also, Scotty McLaughlin going to check in on the Bruins. They had a press conference yesterday, and Mike, uh, sorry, John Corrales on the Celtics at noon. It's Laird and Fitzy in for Ken and Curtis today. Gresh and Fourier. And you can critique Grant Williams, but the reality is, is that he is very important to your team, especially with the loss of Marcus Smart. Both provide something that nobody on your team can give you, and that is toughness attitude but you are lacking so many important aspects that make championship teams championship teams did you miss something listen to the podcast on the odyssey app or at weei.com gresh and fourier middays 10 to 2 on new england sports original weei weei tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 